0: It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He's been recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 40 years' experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors.
1: We are gathered here on hallowed ground.
2: Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. And if this is the first time you heard the show, welcome aboard. The show we usually do in two parts. The first part of the show, we talk about estate planning and elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate, and it's very important in today's world to avoid probate because the court system has really slowed down. And as far as elder law is concerned, we're trying to save assets from nursing home bills. The We talk about other subjects, and, and we're going to do some medical discussions today about your eyes and the importance of getting eye exams. And we're going to be talking to Dr. James Elner he was on the show a few years back. And, you know, most of the doctors we've had in the last year or two, we've been talking about COVID, um, shots, whether, you know, what, what, what the statistics are. And we, nobody seems to really know. But we're going to shift gears tonight and talk to Dr. Zellner about the importance of getting your eyes checked. And Dr. Zellner was on the show one time before, about five years ago, he said. So it's been much too long. Um, last week, we had Professor Molnar on. And he brought up a couple of things, and he's a relatively conservative guy, but he said that there was no theological objection to the Catholic Church, two things priests being married, which I think is pretty obvious that there was no theological objection to that, since some of the members of the Eastern Rite Catholic Churches, the priests can get married. And also, though, that he finds no theological objection to women becoming priests. And I'm just curious, Nicole, what, what, what's your feeling on that?
3: Well, not that I know much about what becoming a priest would entail. I don't know if I would qualify to be a priest, but I think there's plenty of women that if they want to be a priest, they should be allowed to be a priest.
2: All right, so that's the official word right there. Now, also later in the show today, if we get time, we're going to be talking about some of our guests who've been on our show before that we have YouTube um YouTube interviews on, on the internet. And we got some you know, we got Patrick Wayne who's done a number. We've got Deborah Padgett, Mike Connors, Lana Wood, Michael Parks. Michael Parks is probably one of the best interviews we did. Eve, and and Julie Newmar, Wilford Brimley, Clue Gulager, the Wallace Stone, who's probably made more films than any other female actress in uh history of Hollywood. That's not to say Colleen Gray and Tippi Hedren and Chris Mitchum and, of course, some of the great historians like Ed Bars. So, you know, we, we haven't really said about our YouTube, but if you check our YouTube interviews, ask the lawyer with Mike Connors and, you know, start going through the the things. You might be interested in some of them we have. And, of course, again, we mentioned this last week, but our Toy Soldier Collection that has up to, it's right now it's about 254,000 hits. And if you want to see a tour of the collection, it's been expanded since that YouTube video was made. So if you want to see uh, the collection, give Maria a call at our office and she'll schedule a tour for you. In the meanwhile, Nicole, um, what, you know, we've, you've been talking about it. this is your idea, like estate planning gone wrong. So, give us a scenario, and then what's right to address it?
3: Well, there are many scenarios, but same way we like to educate people on how things go when it goes right. I think it'd be fun to educate people on what happens when it goes wrong, and how to avoid it going wrong. One way to avoid it, obviously coming to Connors and Sullivan, but another way to avoid it is by not doing some of the things that you're going to hear about on this segment, so for today's segment. This is all my guys out there. I know you could do this. Everybody has a barber, right? I know. Guys are super loyal to their barber. Even though, Mr. Carter's I heard you don't really know your barber really well. I was shocked to hear that, but so be it. For well, the guy...
0: no, no,
2: the barber that I had, his shop closed down because of COVID.
3: <sighs> Darn COVID. I think he
4: moved upstate, if I you know, yeah. have it right. but
3: COVID is killing everybody. But let's not let it kill your estate planning, guys. We're still here, okay? So, you go to the barbershop, you talk about doing your will. Why? I don't know. But people are talking about their wills everywhere they go. And apparently the barbershop is a place to really lay your feelings out there. So you go to the barbershop, you're doing your will there, and you're asking your fellow haircutters to help you out. You need a witness. Why? Again, I don't know. I don't recommend it. Seriously, I don't. But Mr. Connors, what could go wrong in that scenario?
2: Well, you know, one of the things that can go wrong when you do a will one of the most important parts about doing a will is having at least two reliable witnesses that witness the will and sometimes and we've had this when people have taken kits and you know they bought a kit at, at one of these you know staples or legalzoom.com they print a will off it and they get any two people to witness the will and then things are not always as easy as they seem for whatever reason you die, there are assets in your name alone, the will has to be probated, well, there's a good shot the witnesses to the will may have to testify in court. And it could be why? Maybe because your next of kin is disabled. Maybe because you have a child under the age of 18. Maybe you haven't named all your relatives in the will, and one of them contests, or even you name some of the relatives and they can't find them. Then they're going to get a court-appointed lawyer. The court-appointed lawyer wants to interview the two witnesses to the will. And no offense to people who hang out in your barbershop, but there's a good shot when the time comes, maybe they don't want to testify in court. Maybe for different reasons. Maybe they have a criminal record. Maybe, and that really doesn't hurt your will, but if they don't want to come into court to testify, maybe they're born in another country and they're not documented here. And they're very nervous about going to court. And we've seen those things happen. Or sometimes, you know, they have a very common name and they put the wrong address down for whatever reason because they want to be traced to that address. And they put, you know, they have Jose Morales and they put an address down that's not their address and try to find a Jose Morales with the wrong address, without a date of birth, without a, um, you know, any any correlating facts to it. That can be very difficult. And we had one, one estate... $4 million estate that took about four to five years to get through court because the witness was Jose Morales and he put his work address down, not his home address. His work address, the business went out under, wasn't there years later. And we had some time trying to figure out who Jose Morales was. And I've had wills where I'm not sure where the witnesses may have been fictitious and just filled out. And again, How do you find a fictitious person? How do you know what it is a fictitious person? So one of the most important parts about a will when you're drafting up a will is to have reliable witnesses. A will is not just a writing. You fill out the form, and it's good. A will is a writing witnessed by two people that are willing to testify in court that they witnessed a will in accordance with the laws of the state of New York. Like, Nicole, let me ask you this. Let's say somebody does that will. The witnesses, the person dies, the witnesses come in, and the witness says, well, yeah, that's my signature, but I don't remember anything about the signing. What might happen?
3: I would tell them they're lying, because I'd say, how many wills did you witness in a barbershop, sir? What do you mean you don't remember? You must remember. What's the story here? I'd really want to nail that down on the truth, because I'm calling it on that one. You don't see that every day. Barbershop will, come on.
2: But again, people are afraid to go into court. People are afraid to go into court. And so they may, and I've seen witnesses too, amateur witnesses, um, they just keep saying, I don't remember, I don't remember, I don't remember, which is fine because sometimes if you don't remember, you want to say that, you don't want to guess at an answer or lie. But at the same time, I've seen witnesses, I know in my heart that they didn't remember because they say they didn't remember and they did remember at least something but they think if they keep saying, "I don't remember," then this will go away and nobody's going to call them back. But that might just urge on a person who's going to object to the will. They may think it's a phony, by because this hey, this witness doesn't remember anything. This witness probably didn't see the person sign, and it might edge them on to contest the will, where they may not if if the witness gave reasonable answers. And listen, nobody's going to remember. You know, if if you work for a law firm and you witness uh, how many. How many wills do you think you witness a week, Nicole?
3: A week, at least. I want to say. Well, you work me really hard, so I mean, I I might not be the average witnesser because I'm in and out, bouncing all around. So I might be on a scale of a hundred a week, but you know, the average is not that. You don't that.
2: witness a hundred wills a week.
3: You really do work me hard. I, you underestimated. It. It's really a lot of hard work here.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> well, that's part of it because. You're the only attorney in the office right now who speaks Spanish fluently, so...
3: I plan on keeping it that way. <laughs> Too many cooks in the kitchen. Things get confused.
2: You got to watch out for Harris' the Spanish improves.
3: It's very good. I swear by it. It's the best hidden secret. We have a lot of secrets, but Harris's Spanish is one of the best.
2: Okay. Well, I don't know what to say to that. So... Let me let me ask you this and something. Do you know who some of the people that I just talked about at our beginning?
3: See, you did tell me to expect some curveballs. I didn't right. expect that because you know me and my movie history is not good. Can't we go back to the uh, priest conversation? I, I know about that stuff better.
5: <laughs> All
2: right. How about baseball?
3: Oh, boy. he's re- Guys, he's trying to fire me. I could tell the baseball conversation.
2: Well, you you know you know very well that uh, especially when I talk to some of our older clients from Brooklyn, we usually end up talking about baseball.
3: That is true. I'm always usually a deer in headlights. So if you <laughs> if you want to talk estate planning, you come to me. You want to talk baseball, you get Mr. Connors on the line.
2: Because we we've interviewed a lot of old Brooklyn Dodgers over the years, and of course, obviously, as, from the 1955 Dodgers, I understand there are only three Dodgers alive. Carl Erskine, Roger Craig, and Sandy Koufax, and Michael, you got to start working on Sandy Koufax because we had Roger Craig. I know, I know. I've Carl got, Erskine. I've on got how
4: show. many baseball players at this point? Five on my list. Well, he's out yeah, but the, he's a Hall of Famer. He can
2: go up to the top of, of the, the list. Out of
4: the fifty-three that I have written down now, in terms of radio guests.
2: Okay, well, I think, I think we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to Dr. Zellner about eye care.
4: All right. Thank you so much for being with us.
6: This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888 943 2646, or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com/Fmelia. Once again, call 888 943 2646, and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement.
0: Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number
1: 403503.
5: I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers.
0: Connors & Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. Time now for Connors Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike.
2: Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. I know, you know, over the last two years, we've had a lot of doctors on the show, medical doctors, and mostly we've talked about, you know, COVID and vaccines and and so forth. And, you know, I realized that we haven't talked to an ophthalmologist in quite a while. Dr. James Elner's with us today. Welcome to the show.
7: Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here.
2: How long ago were you on the show?
7: It's going back five years now.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see how time flies here. So let me ask you something. I think the first question we should ask, how often should you have your eyes examined and why?
7: Well, the American Academy of Ophthalmology has a recommendation that over the age of 50, it's once a year. And that's because we want to check for things like glaucoma, cataracts, and macular degeneration. Sometimes you can't tell, so it's good for preventative care.
2: Can you explain those? Yes. Glaucoma, macular degeneration. Well, those
7: are the three most common eye problems that we treat. And again, it's usually in the older folks, over the age of 50. And with each increasing decade, your chances of getting these problems increases. So much so that by the time you're 70, more than 50% of patients have cataracts, and a large percentage also have glaucoma. Lastly, macular degeneration is the leading cause of blindness in the United States today.
2: And can you explain, like, why it's better to catch it early than late? I mean, it may sound obvious to you, but I think it's worth stating.
7: Absolutely. So, for example, with cataracts, which is the number one operation performed on Medicare patients in the United States today, if you catch it early, the risks of complications are greatly reduced. Patients who wait and their cataracts ripen or mature have a much higher incidence of complications when the surgery is performed. Glaucoma is one of those conditions which is called a silent thief in the night because it can rob you of your sight without your knowledge. There are no symptoms early on, and in many ways it's like having high blood pressure. So glaucoma has the distinction of being the second leading cause of blindness in the world. High pressure in the eye can lead to loss of vision by damaging the optic nerve. And that's permanent loss of vision. So if you catch it early, it's treatable and preventable.
2: So, I mean, we don't want to scare the people out there, but if, if you don't have problems, you start getting your eyes checked, you're probably going to be okay.
7: Absolutely. So, in fact, most recently, insurance companies have allowed glaucoma exams to be covered because it's preventative care.
2: So the insurance companies would cover it.
7: That's correct. And it's something that can be done either by an optometrist, and there's even an air puff test, which doesn't even require drops. So it's simple and painless.
2: That's that's another thing. You know, the new equipment that you have today, I mean... It's not like you used to get drops in your eyes and not be able to see for uh, two hours. And
7: Well, we still do the dilated retinal examination, but specifically for patients who have diseases in the back of their eye, for example, macular degeneration. In addition, people who have diabetes, diabetic retina is the second leading cause of blindness in the United States today. So for those patients, we do a annual dilated fundus exam. And the drops can last for a few hours. So we ask permission before we put the drops in so patients don't complain that their vision is blurry going home.
2: Right, don't get in a car accident on the way home. Tell me, what advancements have there been in the equipment in your office, let's say in the last 10 years?
7: Oh, it's been dramatic. Uh, In fact, uh, when I think back to cataract surgery years ago, the operation would take close to an hour to perform. We had to make a large incision remove the lens and put stitches in your eye. It would take almost three months to heal and you'd have to wear thick glasses that people called coke bottles. Today the operation is very very different. We use local anesthesia. There are no needles, no stitches and no patches. And the operation has been traditionally done by making a small incision which is self-sealing placing an instrument in the eye and using ultrasound. It has a long name, which is called phaco emulsification. Today, in fact, we can do the operation with laser. So that's a big advancement in the last five years. The FDA has approved a laser machine, which is more gentle, more accurate, and is taking about one minute to break the lens into small pieces, which we then sub- subsequently vacuum out. After the lens is removed, we put an implant in the eye. The newest implants are foldable, so we can fold it, slip it inside the eye, and unfold it and slip it into proper position and the wound is self sealing, so no stitches are necessary
2: now how how long is how long did it take for these changes to develop?
7: These changes have developed over the course of i would say decades. if we go back to the nineteen sixties So that's 50 years back, 60 years back. Uh, That was the time when the first lens implants were used and the lens implant is a small plastic device that's placed into the eye where the original human lens was. Before lens implants people had to wear thick glasses. Today with the lens implants that's no longer the case. And I would say in the last 10 to 15 years We've got an advance called the multifocal lens implant. A multifocal lens implant is similar to a multifocal contact lens, but it's permanently placed inside the eye, and it corrects both distance and near vision. So its objective is to essentially eliminate your dependence on glasses altogether. So it's remarkable how things have gotten advanced. We can even correct for the curvature of the cornea, something called astigmatism. And with the laser cataract method, at the same time that the lens is broken up into small pieces, the laser makes incisions into the cornea, trying to make it spherical. So it reduces or eliminates astigmatism as well. So those are surgical advances, which are fantastic. In addition, there are diagnostic machines, which were not available in the past. We have scanning devices which are incredibly accurate that can take scans of the optic nerve and the retina down to 50 microns and 50 microns. A micron is 1,000th of a millimeter. So the accuracy is fantastic. Everything's computerized today. We couldn't get along without it.
2: When did ophthalmology start as its own specialty?
7: Back in the 1940s. In fact, in the old days, It used to be called E-E-N-T, and that was for eyes, ears, nose, and throat. And if you go to the Manhattan, Midtown Manhattan Hospital on 63rd Street at 3rd Avenue, next to Lenox Hill Hospital, it's called the Manhattan Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Hospital. But that wasn't the original. The original is New York Eye and Ear Infirmary, which is on 14th Street, and Second Avenue and that's the first eye hospital founded in the United States of America in 1820. So last year we celebrated the bicentennial.
2: So one year before President Grant was born.
7: That's right. And it's just a, such a pleasure to be an eye surgeon and to help people to see better and the, the advances are remarkable so that people are even less dependent on glasses, some who couldn't see before, and simple checkups make a huge difference.
2: Now, what about, you know, like some people, they they obviously as you're getting older in your 60s or whatever, you need some glasses. Should you get your eyes checked for glasses or just pick up a set at the drugstore?
7: Well, there may be some differences of opinion. I don't sell eyeglasses, so the over-the-counter readers usually serve their purpose quite well. If there's no diseases in the eye, you can get away with the so-called readers. Uh, but I think it's always advisable to get an examination first and make sure that there's no underlying disorders. And I mean, when it, When it comes to surgery, by the way, the first thing that we do is we do something by testing the eyes and checking the vision with glasses. People often come and they say, my vision is blurry. The first question we ask is, well, have you tried glasses? And often the the patient says, well, no. So we do something called the best corrected visual acuity. That's with glasses. And if glasses help, well, then all you need is glasses. You don't need any other intervention. It's only when glasses are no longer helpful, then we have to go to the task of finding out well, why don't glasses help? What's wrong with the eye? Is there some pathology? And that's the where the ophthalmologist steps in, where we have to dilate the pupil, check for those common disorders, the most common being cataract, second most common being glaucoma, and again, retinal problems, including macular degeneration. For which, by the way, there are advances which didn't exist in the past. Laser treatment used to be the treatment for the wet type of macular degeneration where there are leaking blood vessels and now we use injections with tiny baby needles into the eye and that dry ups the leaks leaving no scar tissue.
2: Excuse me one second. Beth, do you have any comments or questions? You have to get close to the mic.
5: I'll be in trouble if I don't walk over here from the engineer. Um, I am the perfect person, I don't get my eyes checked and I don't do anything. I don't even remember the last time I went to an eye doctor. These are my readers that I do need. And so I guess I'm gonna have to commit myself today to go see you in the office and make sure I don't have anything wrong with me. My husband is, is has put me on the spot because he knows
7: Well, I can respond by saying that I often will start an examination by asking the patient who their primary care physician is. And once in a while, a patient will say, well, I don't have a primary care doctor. I don't believe in doctors of any kind. (laughs) And I'll say, well, have you been checked for high blood pressure? There are no symptoms early on. Have you been checked for diabetes? And again, early on, there are no symptoms. And these are treatable and preventable. And it's true with the eyes. So again, young people, if there's no family history, it's probably safe to just get those simple readers. But that usually starts when you're in your 40s or early 50s. By the time you're 60, it's it's really wise. I think cataracts start to grow when you're in your late 50s, early 60s. But no treatment is necessary often until you're in your 70s. And the majority of people don't need any intervention until that time.
2: I'm ask you a final question if Beth wants to schedule an appointment with you. Where does she do that?
7: Well, we just, happen to, speak to our to, we just happen to have an office located in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. And it's the address is 7817 5th Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. And the phone number is 718-748-2020. As in the vision you get when you leave.
2: That's clever. 2020.
7: I was the first to have that number, but now everybody's copied me.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, doctor, you know, we can't wait another five years for you to come back on.
7: Well, I'll be happy to return whenever you invite me. My pleasure. All
2: right. Well, thank you for being on Connor's Corner.
7: Thank you for your information. Thank you. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me.
5: I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going.
1: No, I didn't
4: take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin
7: with. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home. But if you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there.
6: We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home.
4: Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it.
1: There's peace in our home that we didn't have before.
7: You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit
5: CatholicsComeHome.org today.
2: Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connor, still accompanied by Nicole Donnelly. And, Nicole, you had a follow-up point to to make on our last scenario.
3: I did. I was just wondering, because it's not something we usually do, but if you see somebody at the barbershop doing their will, is it safe to assume that it came out of a kid or a legal Zoom, or are there lawyers out there that are just, like, sending you your will and telling you, hey, good luck, get it signed, give it back to me, have fun?
2: And for some of you out there, that's a better question you might think, because there's some lawyers that are, you know, retained by unions, And they do free, it's not a free will, they get paid on their union contracts, but they basically don't want to get too involved with the will, they're not getting paid for the individual will. So they draft up the will, and they send it out, and they say, please get it signed by two reliable witnesses. And again, that's a, a question. And, you know, there's some formalities, the witness have to sign the will within 30 days of each other. Um. It should be dated. It doesn't necessarily have to be dated, but if the will is not dated, there's a possibility that you, we don't know what a prior-dated will is, a post-dated will, and you know, in actuality, a will, the later-dated will, negates the prior-dated will, but if you don't put a date on it, and I've been there, and the that will was done by an attorney who just mailed out the will to the client, said, get two reliable people to witness it, and... Nobody dated the will, and you know we, that will got through probate because if you read the statute, which is remarkable sometimes when you read the law, there's no requirement in the will that the will be dated. Now the only problem is it's going to be the last done will is the one that gets filed and probated, and of course if you don't date it, sometimes it might be difficult to uh, to figure out when the last dated will is, and you know even even sometimes with today's computers we have a problem. But at least, like in our files, we can check which will was printed last, you know, if it wasn't dated. And, you, you know, and and you can tell people don't do it. But, you know, every once in a while you may send a will out to a client to read um, to make sure everything's okay. And for whatever reason, they sign it themselves. Maybe they don't want to pay our fee or whatever, but they sign it themselves. And you have the problem when you don't know exactly when the will was uh, dated or signed. And of course, you know, even because it was dated, then doesn't mean it was a, a, the date may not be accurate. And again, it's presumed if you have a will, it's presumed that it was signed within thirty days, unless somebody can prove that it wasn't. But I, I had this one will case again. It was based on a lawyer who's just sent out the will in the in the mail, and the one witness signed on one day, the other witness signed on the other day, and one guy remembered what date he signed it for whatever reason. The other person didn't, and there was a little bit, you know, it, it went through court, and there was a little bit of a discussion and possible objections being filed, but we got lucky, and, the, you know, the will got through. So, again, executing a will is not as simple as it may s- seem. You just don't fill out a, a, a will kit, get any two people to witness it, And, Nicole, there's another thing. I'm changing the subject now, but there's another thing you mentioned. Um, People born in other countries.
3: Plenty of those. We know a lot of them.
2: Yeah. Now, I mean, obviously, if if you have property in the United States or if you have a green card or whatever, you can do a will. Or even if you're president in the United States, you can do a will. But ordinarily, an executor, you have to have an executor who's a U.S. citizen. Now, sometimes we can get around that after death, if, if you know, it wasn't drafted properly, we can get around that by having, you know, let's say one of the attorneys here act as, uh, you know, executor or administrator fiduciary. Um, but it's it you don't want a trustee that's not a U.S. citizen because then you incur additional taxes. You're a foreign trust. And, I mean, preferably, if at all possible, you want the people that you appoint in your will, to be U.S. citizens. Now, you can be an executor in New York, and it's a little archaic. You can be an executor in New York if you hold a green card. But you can't be an executor in New York if, let's say, you live in New Jersey and you have a green card. And, you know, that's one of those things that's a little archaic, but it's it's easy to screw things up when you're doing a will. And if you want to do your will right, you can come in to us at Connors & Sullivan. Give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. We're going to take another break. We'll be back in a few minutes. You'll listen to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, accompanied by Nicole Donnelly.
3: Do you know how many Christians live in the Middle East? Six million people. Do you know how many Christians need your help? Every single one. Do you know what we can do with St. Francis in Beirut? We can give them hope, we can give them medicines, we can give them medical equipment, we can give them everything they're looking for because some others decided to remove Christianity from the Middle East. But if we will help them every single day, just to feed them or clothing, it's all about giving them another day with the idea that they're recognized, that we love them, there are cousins, sisters, there are roots. So St. Francis in Beirut,
2: it's all about helping Christians, and you can be part of that help too. If you want to help Father Paul in his mission, send your donations to St. Francis in Beirut, 213 Stanton Street, New York, New York, 10002. Is now,
5: I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers.
0: Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718 238 6500. 718 238 6500 or
2: ConnorsandSullivan.com. Well, welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, right now accompanied by my wife, Beth.
5: Hello, everybody.
2: And my son, Michael.
5: Hey, everyone.
2: All right, you know, Dr. Zellner, uh, part of the reason I'm fond of Dr. Zellner, he's got his office right here in Bay Ridge.
5: Yeah, and Bay Ridge is in your heart for sure. How long have your folks been here?
2: Well, actually, you know, I was mistaken originally because I just listened to what my father said once. But we looked up the old deed, and they bought the house on 72nd Street in April 1918. That was the, you know, the um, Irish side of my family from Newfoundland.
5: The Connors so, and the Kennedys.
2: Right. So they went from, over a course of 250 years, they went from Ireland to Newfoundland to Puerto Rico to Brooklyn. And Very ended up cool. in Bay Ridge in 1918.
5: Your granddaddy was a sea captain, right?
2: Right. And, again, he was from Newfoundland and, uh, you know, eventually settled in Bay Ridge. And, of course, one of the things back, he he was, um, he, he couldn't get a commission in New York because he was Catholic back then, and the the uh, commissions for merchant marine vessels were limited by Masons, so he could get a commission out of Puerto Rico, which was right after the Spanish American War. He went down there after the Spanish American War and w- worked in Puerto Rico for a number of years. Then, when World War One broke out, they needed merchant marine sea captains to go all over the world. So then he got a commission out of New York, and eventually that's why he settled in Bay Ridge in. 1918 and you know beth you're into genealogy i know some of the people out there know that but um you found out a lot of great stories and we were going to go up to newfoundland year before last for the connor's family reunion and that got canceled
5: what a pity i mean we're trying to get up back up there because his family both connor's and kennedy's went from ireland to Newfoundland and the Kennedys had been in there in the early 1700s and had gone from Ireland back to Newfoundland and back. So I wanted to get up there to meet, meet the family and get the family stories, but COVID and what a mess. We, we didn't get up there to see them. You know, sometimes you just need to get to the, um, the churches and look at the church records and just walk around in the old cemeteries so it was really a shame because um i we have so, thankfully um we've got some f- photographs from Newfoundland from your family they were so nice to send us some stuff but um i really would like to meet them and it it's a shame this covid thing is just awful
4: now but, speaking um, of it- Odd segue, but speaking of shame and photographs, we have, you know, one of the restaurants that we lost around here, and I I mean, it's it's absolutely horrible, taking away, the pandemic was bad enough, but what was done to businesses here was just truly horrible, and one of the ones that we lost was this restaurant called New Corner, and this loops all the way back around to Bay Ridge history.
2: Yeah, well, you know, my father was a, a member of what they used to call the, the Kingsborough Club, and they used to play semi-pro baseball, football, used to field teams, and basketball. Uh, my father played baseball and uh, semi-pro baseball and basketball, and he used to play for the Kingsborough Boys. Occasionally he would play for the House of David as a ringer, uh, <laughs> and his name then was Michael Conowitz when he was playing <laughs> for the House of David. But... um. One of the things, there's an old picture of the Kingsborough Club, about 10 of the guys celebrating there, and two of the guys in the picture, well what we used to call, the, well, what used to be called the toothache gang in the papers, and basically the the story went a little bit like this. There, there were three guys on every job. One guy would pretend to have a toothache, go to a dentist, one guy would be in the waiting room, and the third guy would be the getaway driver so what they used to do they would steal gold from the dentist which is you know i remember there was a movie with robert davi and uh, peter Vigdanovich and Chaz palmitari on that i don't know if they knew anything about this but anyway there were usually three men on a job one guy would pretend to have a toothache hold the dentist up for his gold another guy would be in the waiting room to clear the way and then a the third guy would be the getaway driver well, anyway, there used to be a bar, which eventually ended up to my father's bar, of all things, called Sullivan's. And my father was there, and two of the members of the gang were talking to him and said, well, you know, we need a third man for the job. My father was called Frank, and here's your 38 Frank. You want It's easy money. You got anything to do this afternoon? And he said, no, no, I'd rather not. Um,
5: Thank goodness.
2: So anyway, they're talking for a while, and eventually my father goes out of the bar, goes to the corner there, And he sees a detective, and, of course, this is Bay Ridge. Everybody knows everybody else. So the detective goes up to my father and says, well, you know, I I just got a tip on the phone a little while ago that the Toothyite gang is planning their next job in Sullivan's Bar. So my father waits outside just to see what's going to happen. So the detective goes in there, and a couple of minutes later, he comes out, and he he says to my father, Frank, I don't know who gave me the tip. The only two guys in there are the McSweeney brothers. (laughs) Of course, the Mcceing <laughs> <laughs> Brothers were the head of the toothache gang, so if you check Facebook, can you get that picture up on facebook absolutely. michael
4: absolutely and it's a it's this amazing picture, and it's right outside that restaurant new corner that we that's unfortunately, right. lost during the pandemic. So, and
5: if you can, if you can, like zero in on it, and we'll do the best we can. But you will see, there's one guy holding a live chicken, there's another guy holding a fiddle, and of course, they're showing off this big trophy that they have. Uh, I would love to have met those. Did you meet any of them?
2: Yeah, I met a few guys in the picture. I did I didn't meet the McSweeney brothers. We met their sister. You met them.
5: Which sister what?
2: you you taught her granddaughter music,
5: oh my goodness, I didn't know that <sighs> well, i did <laughs> famous people I was teaching famous people, and I didn't even know it
2: <laughs> uh it's, it's remarkable what you can forget
5: oh
4: uh, okay, he's okay, picking okay. on me, he's picking okay. on me all right, all right, all right. so uh, and, uh, and, and
2: and you know also. You know, we should have, Mike, we should have the new pastor of Our Lady of Angels on.
4: Absolutely. Um, He's fantastic. Because Uh,
2: I've been, again, I I have fondness for Our Lady of Angels, because when my grandparents moved to this part of Brooklyn, they attended Our Lady of Angels. They helped build the current building that we're, we're celebrating Mass in right now. And, you know, there's been a Connors family member who's been a parishioner of Our Lady of Angels since 1918
4: beyond that i mean it's it is one of the prettiest old churches that you can possibly visit you know it it's our uh, you know people don't don't think Bay Ridge and fantastic architecture necessarily, but they would be wrong no, it's and beautiful. Our Lady of Angels is an absolutely stunning stunning building, just from a sheer okay. i don't know it, it, do we know any historians on architecture in brooklyn
5: you know we ought to look, i'll look that up.
4: Very good. Okay, very good. Okay,
2: very good. Now, you know, I guess some people are going to say, what does this have to do with estate plan? Well, we are talking to somewhat about legacies. But, if, again, if you want to schedule an appointment with us to talk about estate planning and elder law, and you can come in and, uh, you know, we don't have to just talk about estate planning and elder law because sometimes that's kind of dull. We can talk about baseball, you know, Brooklyn Dodgers,
4: yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna try to. Um, one of our friends is trying to link up, and you know, scheduling is always. But Black History Month is coming up, and one of our friends is trying to link us up with one of his friends who has, is this photojournalist who has done this incredible book on, um, you know, the Black life in Brooklyn, and it just it looks wonderful.
5: I saw the book; it is beautiful. That that'll be that'll be interesting. That is, we
4: are we are
2: coming up with Black History Month, right? Now let's let's try to get Burgess Owens back.
5: Oh yes, you
2: know. So, about, you know, those who remember Burgess Owens was on the show more than a few times, and he did get elected to Congress in the last election, and is now representing Utah in the U.S. Congress. So, you know, good luck to him. Maybe he's too busy to come on now, but we'll see.
5: There, lots going on. Oh my goodness! Yeah.
2: But again, if you want to do estate planning, elder law, give us a call. At 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And, you know, like, again, we, you know, the, you know, Nicole said it earlier in the show: you no, know, don't screw up your planning. <laughs> do something. Try to do it right. And we try very hard to to make a plan for you that fits your family needs, your your budget, and everything else. So if you want to give us a call, give us a call at Connors and Sullivan, to talk over your estate planning. Uh, the Bay Ridge office is our main office, our headquarters. That office is open every week from Monday through Saturday, ordinarily. Uh, we have offices in Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and Manhattan. The other offices are by appointment Any, any, uh, at any—I'm sorry, they're by appointment only. Um, but again, you know, too many people pass away without any plans, and we get that too. And— Hate to do it sometimes, but we have to charge a lot of money to straighten out mistakes. And you know, if you do it right, if you do it right and you get a good plan in place, everything is so easy at the end. And that's our goal to make it easy for your family. Also, no matter what we do, we want to make sure that your family pays the least amount of taxes they need to pay legally. And you got to look at the whole Schematic. You can't say, okay, well, this is going to save on estate taxes, but then cost us a couple hundred thousand dollars in capital gains. We want a plan that takes the whole thing into consideration. We want to save on estate taxes, taking into account what we might save or lose in capital gains taxes, and come up with a plan that your family comes up paying the least amount of taxes they need to pay legally. We don't want to we don't want to push the envelope. We don't want anybody in trouble. We want to go within the boundaries of the law. But there are a lot of things we can do within the boundaries of the law, and you play it right, you literally can get millions and millions of dollars out tax-free to your children and family, and at the same time right now, for a lot of people in the middle class, the biggest danger they face is losing their assets to a nursing home, so we can protect your house, save it from a nursing home, again, it's, it's you know, you, you got to get up and you got to act, you can't just sit home and do nothing, because the biggest estate in estate planning, which we talk about all the time, is to do nothing. So if you want to give us a call at Connors and Sullivan, please do so. You can give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. The show's practically over. Goodbye. See you in the same stations next week.
5: And say prayers, please, for the police officers and our service members.
4: I mean, the, you know, everyone knows what's on our minds with the news these days, and just praying for peace never ever hurts so thank you so much for tuning in again and we're going to close with a song that is dedicated to the old Toothache gang so please enjoy
6: When I was younger just a bad little year My mama noticed funny things I did Like shooting puppies with a BB gun I'd poison guppies when I was done
5: I'd find a pussycat bashing its head That's when my mama said What did she say? She said, "My boy, I think
4: someday
5: you'll find a way to make your natural tendencies pay." You'll
6: be a dentist. Be a dentist. You have a talent for causing pain. Hey, hey. Some, Some be a dentist. People will
1: pay you to be you inhumane. Your temperament's wrong for the priesthood, and teaching would suit you still less. <laughs> Son, oh, be a
0: dentist.
6: dentist. You'll be a success!
3: <laughs> here he is, folks, the leader of the
6: flat! What the fuck up that dad? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> he is the <laughs> ninja, <and laughs> <interesting. laughs> he'll never <ever> be a <laughs> <really> good! Who wants that tea done by the monkey to
7: Oh, that hurts! Wait, I'm not numb!
5: Uh, shut up, open wide, here I come! I'm your dentist,
6: and I enjoy the career that I pick. I'm your dentist, and I get off on the pain I
5: inflict. I thrill when I drill a bicuspid, cuspid It's swell, though they tell me I'm maladjusted. And though it may cause my patience to stress, no, 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 no. Somewhere, somewhere in heaven above me, I know, I know that my mama's proud of me. Oh, mama. Cause I'm a dentist and a fixer. Ow! Say ah. Ah. Say
1: Hi, Kevin McCullough. Are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors and Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law,
0: PLLC. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, to D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free
6: 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525.